everybody. How are you guys doing today? Are you getting through uh, January? We have survived here in the Pacific Northwest, the snow apocalypse of 2017. We've had days and days and days of freezing cold weather. Like for us, free, and I know some of you are like in Wisconsin and North Dakota and you're laughing at us with our cold weather, but it's been cold, like 15 degrees and my amazing, talented, brave, smart uh, husband has been out underneath our Suburban replacing the rear differential. So we now have a, a car that works in the snow, which is very, very helpful. But January can kind of be a time when I think you know, you can sort of hit a wall. You kind of got to go, a lot of you are homeschooling. You got to go back to homeschool, back into the routine. And uh, I am kind of getting, you know, we've been talking about this a little, I'm in a routine. I kind of feel like I'm I'm doing pretty good. And somebody, somebody asked me the other day what my, uh, what my new little morning routine was because it seems like it changes. Are you guys like that? Does it change like from season to season? Because it, it changes for me. And I noticed that the thing that I was doing last semester uh, isn't working for me anymore. So I'm getting up at a different time and I've moved breakfast a little bit later in the morning. I was having breakfast pretty early in the morning, 7.15-ish, somewhere in there. But then if I wanted to read my Bible and exercise, I had to get up at like, you know, oh, dark 30. (laughs) And I just, man, that's hard on me. I'm still getting up early, but not as early as I was. So I've been setting my alarm for about 6.15 that gives me 15 minutes to hit the snooze button and feel like, you know, I got to sleep in past my alarm because I really want to be reading my Bible by about 6.30. So uh, if you are if you haven't started reading your Bible, if you're not doing a scripture writing challenge, uh, you're going to hear me bang on this drum all year long. Uh, God wants to change your life. And he does it through prayer and through the reading of his word. Um, I've been praying for a couple of really specific things lately, and I'm seeing really specific answers to prayer. And so I want to encourage you. You you have an opportunity, and it's January. This is the best time ever to kind of get in that routine. And I've also been, uh, because I'm getting up earlier, uh, or, I'm, I'm, well, because I've set my breakfast time, I've sort of lowered the bar. <laughs> so you're going to find me sort of hashtag lower the bar. Uh, because my kids are getting up a little bit later, because I'm doing breakfast at 8.30, um, that is giving me a perfect amount of time to read and study the Word of God, to pray with my husband in the morning, and then to drag my sorry rear end out of my nice warm bed and put on my tennis shoes and my sweatpants and exercise. And so there's something awesome about just getting up and doing that. For those of you who are have a newborn, I am not talking to you, all right? This is your season to rest and just chill out. But for those of you who are like me and you could do it, but you just don't want to and you just can't get your mojo, I just want to encourage you. It really does um, It really does work. It encourages. It, it's good for your body and good for your soul. So get into the word and exercise with me. I would love to hear how you're doing. Um, kind of in the vein of... Uh, talking about things that we want to do in January, like we want to read the word more. Um, I have a really specific list of goals I'm trying to accomplish in my own life, aside from uh, the ones I have mentioned, but just homeschooling their kids. And then I have uh, three simultaneous book projects that I'm working on right now. And it occurred to me the other day that the easiest thing to let slide next to my relationship with the Lord and next to that quiet time is my relationship with my husband. It's the easiest thing to just sort of put that relationship on the back burner to sort of 
you know, go into maintenance mode. And I, I think that that's on purpose. I think that for the same reason, okay, so let me, let me give you a little bit of, um, I guess, um, foundation for this line of thinking. I was talking to the women in uh, Carlsbad, California, a couple weekends ago. I was talking to them about um, my struggle that I noticed several years ago just to get into the word. And I was saying to them, are we really surprised that the first thing to go is our relationship with the Lord, right? We go, oh, we'll just start a load of laundry. But then that leads to you saw the cup, you know, your coffee cup is still sitting on the dryer. So you take it down to the kitchen and then you realize, oh my goodness, I need to unload the dishwasher. And then you look up and it's eight o'clock in the morning and you need to start school or you need to get out the door. And again, um, that time is gone. That time that you wanted to spend with the Lord is gone. And it, and it feels like it's almost been stolen from you. And in fact, I think that's really what happens because the enemy of your soul, the last thing he wants you to do is spend time with the Lord. That is the very last thing that he wants you to do. He does not want you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He wants you to be weak and vulnerable to the lies of the enemy, which are which we've talked about many times on the podcast, are just permeating the culture. And so the same thing is true of your marriage. Uh, do we really think that it's um, surprising uh when we struggle to find time to be intimate with our husbands, when we struggle just to be kind, you know, just, um, it's the enemy because the enemy knows if he can take out the marriage, he has a better shot at the kids. And really that's kind of what it's about. And your marriage matters. And so I want to just lay a foundation. I'm going to be talking about this uh, today and then coming back on Friday also. Um, Friday, woot, woot, inauguration day. I'll be watching that. Um, but I want to come back on Friday and talk about this a little bit more. I want to talk more about intimacy on Friday because I think we're living in a culture that is just hungry for intimacy and we're looking at it, we're going for it uh, in all the wrong places. So before I get any any further into just talking about why your marriage matters, I want to just remind you what the Bible says about marriage. The Bible says that marriage was ordained by God. It was designed by God. It was given to us as an institution. It belongs to the Lord. So even though the culture is going to try to redefine it, and they're going to tell you that it doesn't matter, anybody anybody can marry anybody for any reason at any time, God actually has set up parameters around marriage. The institution of marriage belongs to Him. Genesis 2.18 says, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Can I get an, an amen on that? Uh, and God said, I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, we get a lot of pushback in the culture about this helper thing, right? Um, women somehow think that's a diss. And I don't know how you guys feel about your role as as a help me, with the, which is what the Bible says you are, to your husband. But I, it's one of the things that I've learned is to take such great joy in um, because I watch my husband doing what God's equipped and called him to do. And when I do what I'm equ- uh, called and equipped to do, and then I get the privilege of um, making hot meals for my husband and making sure his needs are met and listening to him. It really is a joy and a privilege. And I think as I'm getting older, I probably appreciate it. Not probably. I do appreciate it uh, more than I did in my 20s. So God said that um, he'd make a helper suitable for him. Now you come into the picture. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason... A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So I'm going to pick up on that last uh, sentence on Friday. 
But for right now, I just really want you to uh, recognize that your marriage is a target of the enemy. And it's a target because God put, uh, it's God's deal. And anything that God makes, anything that he ordains, you can um, you can bet that the arch enemy of God, which is the devil himself, is going to attack it, which is why you're seeing a full-blown, full-scale attack on marriage, on the institution of marriage um, in the culture today. And certainly it's been under attack for a long time. I mean, how many of us listening, I came from a broken home, and I'm sure many of you listening have experienced um, either you've been through a divorce yourself or your parents were divorced. It's all over the place. So um, I want to just, I guess, kick off a discussion about marriage by saying we need to recognize the value of it. And a lot of you are homeschooling your children or you're busy at work or whatever and you don't and you know that there's tension in your marriage or you know that you're not giving it your the attention that it needs and deserves and the excuses that you make for it are good ones. Right? So the excuse is, well, I'm busy with homeschooling or my kids are little. I hear moms say this all the time. My kids are little and so now's the time that I focus on them because my husband can take care of himself. Can I just say that is a lie? That is thinking that comes from the enemy. And now I'm not saying don't take care of your kids, all right? So nobody email me. That's not what I'm saying. And I think most of us, understand, right, we understand that. I think we can get defensive because at the end of the day, we all know when we're doing it. I certainly know when I'm doing it. But I think that the reason why we feel that way is because the enemy sort of plants these, you know, in the culture, sort of plants these this idea in your head that uh, that your children are more important than your marriage, that mothering comes before marriage, when actually God says that the opposite is true. So I, I met a woman, and I've, I've written about this, and I'll link back to it. I wrote a whole book about marriage uh, back in 2009, just sort of based on some things that the Lord was teaching me and some very painful things that I walked through with my um, with my family of origin. But I, I talked to um, a mom, you know, years ago that I met at a, a conference, and she was just telling me how disillusioned she was. You know, she said that when she and her husband got married, they had all these dreams that they wanted to accomplish and and the, their her hopes were high and they were young and now they've got they've saddled they're saddled with she felt saddled with children, the mortgage is coming and she's like, I just I'm not in, in love with him anymore. And if that's you and you're listening to me today, I think I'm gonna give you the same advice that I that I gave to this to this young mom, which was to say, um, the devil, when we start feeling that way and ambivalent about our marriage or even frustrated and angry toward our husband, you know, you get to that point where um, everything that your spouse does bothers you. Like, I know I've irritated my husband to the point where he probably wanted to pick me up and throw me in the snow, right? I'm sure that I'm sure that, that, he, that that's happened. And I think that we can allow ourselves to begin to get into a thought pattern that we forget that it's actually the enemy of your soul that is saying your marriage doesn't matter. And you should just ignore it. And you could have done better. And oh, this and oh, that. And we forget that the real target now becomes our children. Because once we begin to think that way, we're not thinking in light of eternity anymore. Now we're just thinking for the here and now, right? Or we might be thinking toward next month. And we're not thinking 20 years from now. You know, last week I talked about big picture parenting. Well, this is sort of big picture marriage. Think about what the impact that your marriage is going to have in the light of eternity and why the enemy would work so hard to take out an entire generation of parents. Because once we start thinking like that, and this was really what I told this young mom, Satan's done with you at that point. 
because he has you right where he wants you. You're already in this deceived line of thinking and you're already feeling discouraged and you're, and then all of a sudden it, it just shifts to where you just don't care anymore. And I've seen, I've met many moms and even dads over my years of, of traveling and speaking who have just sort of checked out. And can I encourage you not to do that? If that's you and you feel stuck, I want to remind you today that your, your marriage matters. It matters for eternity because God is doing something uh, through you that's going to extend long after you're gone. It's going to be the thing that um, if we are walking with the Lord, um, ministers to our kids and then ultimately to our grandchildren and then our great-grandchildren. And so if you're weary, I just want to remind you today that God promises that as you seek Him, you are going to find both strength and rest for your soul. It is God's heart for you. My daughter's mother-in-law, man, that's weird. She she wears a shirt that said, Heidi, it says, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it, <laughs> right? And I told her, I said, I love it when you wear that shirt to my house. It just reminds me that um, I'm a daughter of the King, that God loves me. And as we, as women, learn to find our strength from God and we take our marriages before the Lord, we learn that out of an overflow of our heart, and asking God, help me love my husband, all of a sudden, our love for our husband grows and our desire for him. And I'll talk about this more on Friday, but there was a season of my life when I literally was coming before the Lord and I was saying, Father, give me a physical desire for my husband because he has this desire and I want that desire, but it's the hormones, it's menopause, it's children, it's all of the things that I think women tend to deal with. Um, that was keeping me from really enjoying a physical intimacy with him that he really longed for and really needed. And eventually that drives that can drive a wedge between a husband and a wife. So I want to just encourage you, Philippians 4.19 says that my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches, riches in Christ Jesus. So notice that um, the apostle is saying he's going to meet all of your needs. It doesn't say some or it doesn't say most. It says all of them. And it doesn't say how he's going to meet your needs either, but I have found from experience that the way he does it is often not what I expected. But listen, at the end of the day, you can trust him and do what he promises to do. So know that you are loved, completely loved by God, and that he has a plan for your marriage, and it is a big one. It is bigger than what you can see. God never does anything without a kingdom purpose. So pray with me today that God would strengthen you in your resolve to love your spouse and to be committed to him to keep your marriage free from pornography. And that's a whole other podcast, but just believe that God will answer your prayer. So if the cry of your heart is God strengthen my marriage, guess what? He'll answer it. He will answer it. So get into the word today, check out Philippians, read up what God says about marriage, and then let's come back here again on Friday. And we're going to talk about why intimacy is so important. I'll see you back here then. For more encouragement, visit me online at The Busy Mom.